It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Over the past years, the human microbiome has been dramatically altered. Chemicals in our environment, overexposure to antibiotics, and industrialized food have created changes that pose silent dangers for health. According to today's guest, Dr. William Davis, we desperately need to reintroduce our bodies to the microbial species that once lived in our ancestors, while pushing back the army of interlopers that have taken their place. Dr. Davis is here today to talk about how we can reprogram our microbiome to improve our health. Dr. Davis is a cardiologist and author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Wheat Belly. His new book is Super Gut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. Welcome, Dr. Davis. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks, Joe. Glad to be here. So, Doctor, let's begin by talking about a person's microbiome. What is it and why is it so important to health? So the microbiome, especially the intestinal microbiome, Joan, is the collection of microbes, bacteria, fungi, and other creatures that are supposed to live mostly in the colon, that is the large bowel, four or five feet, way, way down the GI tract. And we didn't know for many years that these microbes do good things for us. They provide very important functions. In fact, we kind of ignored them. We throw bombs at them in the form of antibiotics, kill them off have a couple of weeks of diarrhea, and that was the end of the, of the story. But that's not true. These microbes play central roles in all aspects of health, from the internal dialogue you have with yourself, to your blood sugar, to your blood pressure, to whether or not you're going to age faster or slower, to gastrointestinal issues like ulcerative colitis. It plays a role in just about every aspect of human health. I mentioned a few things in the introduction, antibiotics or the environment, What are some of the other things that are making these changes? All sorts of things. So most people by age 40 have taken 30 courses of antibiotics. There are 800 prescriptions for antibiotics written every year for every thousand people. So we're flooded with antibiotics, most of which are prescribed inappropriately for non-bacterial infections. But there's a lot more than that. There's other drugs like stomach acid blocking drugs, statin cholesterol drugs, the anti-inflammatory drugs like naproxen and ibuprofen, antidepressants. These all impact the microbiome. Food additives uh, in salad dressings and ice cream impact the microbiome. Synthetic sweeteners. Uh, in other words, we're, we're swimming in a sea of factors that disrupt the human microbiome. And among the changes is that we've lost important species, very important species that provided important functions to the human body, and in their place, unhealthy stool microbes largely have proliferated and in many cases have ascended up into the small bowel where they're not supposed to be. Doctor, what health problems are the result of these types of changes? So the list of health changes, health problems associated with these two changes, the loss of important species 
and the proliferation of unhealthy species affects just about all aspects of health and triggers or worsens numerous health conditions, including type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases, obesity, overweight, high blood pressure, coronary disease, depression, neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease. Uh, name, name a condition in the modern world that's common and chronic among modern people, and you are putting your finger on a microbiome cause. Now, the, the reason why this is becoming a new insight is only recently was it discovered that when you have microbes, especially when the microbes have ascended and occupy the entire 30 feet of GI tract, 30 feet of microbes, trillions of them, they don't live for decades. They only live for hours, sometimes only minutes. So there's huge and rapid turnover of trillions of microbes. When they die, and billions die every second, they release their byproducts, their breakdown products, some of which gets into the bloodstream. That's a very important process called endotoxemia, uh, discovered by a uh, European group in 2007. Well, that tells us, it explains how microbes in the GI tract can export their effects to the skin as rosacea or psoriasis or acne to the brain as depression or uh, Alzheimer's dementia to the joints and muscle as fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis. In other words, we need now reconsider all human disease in light of this finding. If so many of our health issues are caused by an unhealthy gut, shouldn't that be the first place doctors look when you go to them with a problem? Joan, you're absolutely right. The doctor should always think about, well, the doctor should always think about nutrition, right? And nutrients lacking in modern life, like magnesium, say, because we drink filtered water, we have to. We can't drink from a river or stream. It's got sewage. It's got herbicide, pesticide runoff. So we have to filter our water, but water filtration removes all magnesium. We don't get enough vitamin D because we live in northern climates often. We wear clothes. Many of us work indoors. And we lose the capacity to activate vitamin D in the skin as we get older, especially over age 40. The doctor should be an expert in nutrition because it's so important. He or she should be expert in these nutrients that we lack in modern life. They should be experts in the microbiome. But you and I and your listeners know they're not. Unfortunately, my, unfortunately, my colleagues have abdicated their responsibility to provide health because they're too busy providing pharmaceuticals and procedures. And so the last, sadly, I, I wish I couldn't, I, I didn't have to say this, Joan, the last person you want to consult on how to remanage your microbiome is the doctor. On one hand, it's shocking to hear you say that because you shouldn't be. On the other hand, I'm, I'm not surprised by you saying it because I see so much of what's been going on through the pandemic. And, you know, when we're trying to fight off any type of virus or bacteria, everything begins with our immune system, our immune health. And the gut is so related to the function of our immune system. Right. So there's many things people can do to augment their immune response. Vitamin D, a big player in augmenting your immune response. We all should be getting our vitamin D up to a good level. I, we aim for, when you check a blood level, 60 to 70 nanograms per milliliter, which means most of us have to take about five or 6,000 units per day in an oil-based gel cap form. But there's more you can do. You can, for instance, replace a microbe called lactobacillus casei. Uh, it, the strain is called Sharona. One of the things we have to do when we play with microbes, we have to pay attention to the strain. To, to illustrate, we, you and I have E. coli in our guts. Your listeners have E. coli. But what if you ate lettuce contaminated by cow manure uh, 
Well, you can die of that E. coli. Same species, different strains. So we have to pay attention to strain. Well, there's a strain of Lactobacillus casei, C-A-S-E-I, called the Shirota strain. It's from Japan, S-H-I-R-O-T-A. It's available as a commercial product, kind of a terrible product to be honest, but it's called Yakult, Y-A-K-U-L-T. It's a sugary gym milk drink with only a few microbes, has a low count of microbes, only about 6.5 billion. It sounds like a lot, but microbes, not that much. So one of the things we do is we make yogurt out of it uh, or other food. It doesn't have to be dairy, but yogurt's very easy to make. But we, ex- we ferment it for an extended period, in this case, 36 hours. You get hundreds of billions of microbes that way. You increase the numbers a hundredfold, huge amounts of bacteria. That's how we get these big, meaningful effects. We make a yogurt out of it. You consume the yogurt. And by doing that, you cut your the, the likelihood of getting a respiratory viral illness by 50%. And if you do get a respiratory viral illness, it's abbreviated by half. So a huge augmentation of the immune response. And so if you ignore all this, you have an impaired immune response. Another great microbe to play with is my favorite microbe in the world, Lactobacillus reuteri, R-E-U-T-E-R-I, named after the German scientist who discovered it, Gerhard Reuter. Replace this microbe, likewise, a big boost in your immune response, but also a smoothing of skin wrinkles because there's an explosion of dermal collagen. You regain lost muscle muscle and strength. Your sleep is much deeper. Your appetite is turned off. You can walk past that plate of donuts at the office, no problem at all. And because this one microbe, lactobacillus rotori, works by telling your brain to release the hormone oxytocin, you feel, people say things like, "I, I feel closer to my spouse. I like my family better. They're less irritating to me. I like my coworkers better. I desire the company of other people because of this boost in oxytocin. So in addition to the immunity, you can, these are huge effects. And this, that's just two microbes, by the way. Mm-hmm. So doctor, if we want to improve the health of our gut, and, and we've been doing things that haven't been very healthy for many, many years, is it as simple as just starting to add in these good things? Or do we need to clean it out first so that we can have maximum benefit. Excellent point. So by my estimation, one out of three Americans have this process of the overproliferation of microbes that many call small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO, S-I-B-O, meaning that microbes that are supposed to stay in the, in the colon have proliferated, outmuscled healthy species, and then ascended up into the ileum, jejunum, duodenum, and stomach. So 30 feet, trillions of microbes, uh, uh, turning over very, very rapidly. Well, that can be experienced, as, as I mentioned, as all kinds of diseases like fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, depression. Depression's a big one, by the way. High blood pressure, weight gain, uh, type 2 diabetes, autoimmune diseases. So that has to be addressed also. There's a number of ways to confirm this. Uh, there's, for instance, uh, testing you can do through your doctor. But to be honest, I wouldn't even bother. Most doctors don't know the, anything about the test for hydrogen gas and other gases. Microbes produce unusual gases like hydrogen and methane and some others, and these can be measured. And you can tell whether you have this process of overgrowth in your GI tract. Thankfully, there's a new consumer device called the AIR device, A-I-R-E. It comes from a company called Food Marble. I have no relationship with them. And you can test it at home. Now, you don't have to test. You can also look for what I call telltale signs, common signs of this overgrowth process 
or any of those diseases I mentioned, like fibromyalgia or irritable bowel syndrome, where it's virtually guaranteed you have this overgrowth, or even look for other signs, such as fat droplets in the toilet, fat, that's fat malabsorption, your, the, the bacteria that have, are living in your upper GI tract are blocking your pancreatic enzymes, and you can see fat droplets in the toilet. Another uh, common sign of, of this process of SIBO is intolerance to foods. This is a big one. People will say things like, I can't eat nightshades, like eggplant or tomatoes, or I can't eat FODMAPs, fibers and sugars, or I can't eat anything with fructose, like sugar, or I can't eat peanuts, or I can't eat nuts, or I can't eat foods that provoke histamine. These are all, almost all, not all, but nearly all, uh, representative of SIBO. So eliminating or avoiding that food is not a solution. It reduces symptoms temporarily, but you have to address the cause which is the proliferation of microbes in the 30 feet of your GI tract. Because if you just eliminate the food and you feel a little better, you still have this process. And if it's not corrected, it leads to trouble long-term. It leads to all those problems. It leads to autoimmune diseases. It leads to diverticular disease. It even lead to colon cancer. So you don't want to bury your head in the sand if you have some of these telltale signs. To improve our gut health, on a daily basis, in, in general, what food should we be avoiding and what should we be eating? Well, because I wrote the Wheat Belly books, too, and saw just the magnificent changes in health and weight, uh, I, I think that's a good place to start. Elimination of all wheat and grains and sugars, because they are uh, not just disruptive over overall health. It is also disruptive, massively disruptive over gastrointestinal health. That's a great start. We also replace those nutrients, the handful of nutrients that are lacking in modern life such as magnesium, omega-3 fatty acids from fish oil, vitamin D. And they have, when I wrote wheat though, I did not realize that those, that handful of nutrients also have very important effects on gastrointestinal health. Vitamin D, for instance, augments the immune response in the intestinal lining. Omega-3 fatty acids uh, partially deactivate those bacterial breakdown products, the, what, the uh, endotoxin. So, those basic supplements still play a role. Iodine, because so many modern people are deficient in iodine, and if you're even marginally deficient in iodine, it results in mild hypothyroidism, which slows down the activity of your gas intestinal tract, and that's an invitation for proliferation of unhealthy species. So that's a start. All the basic things we've been talking about these last few years, they still count. But then you want to go back and address the microbiome specifically. And one of the things you want to do is as a checklist in my super gut book, address the things that disrupt the microbiome in the first place. Minimize your exposure to antibiotics. There's a time and place when they're necessary, but try to minimize your exposure. For instance, if you have an upper vir respiratory viral illness, that's not a good time for an antibiotic. So minimize exposure to antibiotics. Get off those other drugs that disrupt the microbiome. You may have to work with your doctor. Unfortunately, most doctors are good at putting people on drugs. They're terrible at taking people off drugs. You may have to find somebody in functional medicine uh, to help you get off or another integrative health practitioner. You want to filter your drinking water to remove the chlorine and fluoride. You want to gravitate as often as possible towards organic foods that lack herbicide pesticide residues. You want to avoid the drugs like the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. And so you want to take away all the things that disrupted the microbiome in the first place. And then we seed the microbiome. The most important sources of seed, that is healthy species, are fermented foods. You know, Joan, ever since 
refrigeration became a home device, refrigerators, in 1927 uh, by the Frigidaire Company. Many Americans abandoned the whole idea of fermented foods, even though our great-grandmothers made fermented foods all the time. They consumed fermented foods all the time. We need to return to those old habits and bring back fermented vegetables, kefirs, yogurts, uh, kimchi, fermented sauerkraut, because these provide important microbes and they reestablish order in your gastrointestinal tract. Very, very powerful strategy. People think that probiotics are the best solution. They're not. The current crop of probiotics are deeply flawed. They do play a role. They can be helpful, but they need to be improved. And slowly the industry is catching up. They're starting to add, uh, they're starting to make these products better. By doing such things, it's not just haphazardly putting together these microbes, but choosing microbes because they have very special properties, especially what are called keystone species. These are species that by reimplanting them in your GI tract, they allow the proliferation of other healthy species. Very, very important, like plankton in the ocean. Without plankton, you wouldn't have whales or jellyfish. So probiotics are getting better. And then lastly, you feed the microbes with prebiotic fibers and other factors. Uh, these come from foods like onions and garlic and shallots and legumes and root vegetables. These are very, very important because they also cause proliferation of healthy species and lead to, to the bacterial production of numerous metabolites that benefit you by reducing blood sugar, reducing fatty liver, giving you deeper dreams, giving you more healthy thoughts. And so there's a lot you can do. And as you can tell, a lot of this does not come from the healthcare system. That's the bad news, that your doctor hardly knows anything about this. The good news is your listeners can take the reins themselves and reestablish a healthy microbiome. And that's so empowering because I think, you know, I was going to ask you, because as a cardiologist, heart disease is such a, a killer of so many people. It impacts so many people, and people don't think that they have any power against avoiding it. And so you have such an interest in gut health as a cardiologist. What is the relationship between the gut and the heart? You know, that connection is still very preliminary. The science is very preliminary. But it's looking like the microbiome, especially in the form of SIBO, the 30 feet of trillions of microbes, and the endotoxemia that comes from that, where breakdown products enter the bloodstream. It's looking as if those processes can be responsible for worsening and sometimes causing atrial fibrillation, which is a common uh, heart rhythm disorder, uh, hypertension, probably contributes to coronary disease, and probably cardiomyopathies, diseases of the heart muscle and heart failure. Now, this is all very preliminary. But you know what? There's no harm in addressing the microbiome and taking the reins for health. I should mention that when you have that problem of SIBO and endotoxemia, so sadly, the doctor likely will know nothing about it. If you said, hey, doc, I think I have SIBO. The doctor typically says, there's nothing wrong with you. Don't waste my time. There's no such thing, even though there's thousands of studies documenting this. Or did you consult Dr. Google again? So you don't get much help from the doctor. If he sends you to a gastroenterologist, the gastroenterologist, of course, says, Joan, we're going to do an upper endoscopy and a colonoscopy. You go through that rigmarole. And he says, good news. You don't have stomach cancer. You don't have colon cancer. Goodbye. And you say, well, wait a minute. I came here because I had a question about SIBO. He says, don't waste my time. Did you consult Dr. Google? All that stuff. The occasional better informed gastroenterologist will give you a prescription for an antibiotic called perfaximin which is 40 to 60% effective, it's very expensive, 
and doesn't have doesn't tell you anything about how you got it and how to prevent a very common recurrences, which are the rule. So my colleagues are not very helpful for the most. I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing, of course. There are functional medicine doctors, chiropractors, naturopaths who are pretty good at some of this stuff, but mainstream MDs typically are useless for this. There are also herbal antibiotics that have been, there are two regimens, candibactin regimen and the dysbiocyte FC-cytal regimen that have been shown to be uh, effective. But I'll tell you what, what I've been doing lately, and this is preliminary, only about 30 people have done this so far, but it's been about 90% effective. It's been superior to the antibiotic and to the herbal antibiotics. But, you know, if you and I take a probiotic, a commercial probiotic off the shelf for this SIBO process, it does not work. It might reduce bloating and diarrhea a little bit, but you're still left with the SIBO. So I asked a different set of questions. I asked, what if we choose species that take up residence in the small bowel? That's where SIBO is. And choose species that produce what are called bacteriocins. These are natural antibiotics that some species produce effective against the species of SIBO, like E. coli and salmonella. Well, I chose three, a strain of Lactobacillus rotori, a strain of Lactobacillus gasseri, and another microbe called Bacillus coagulans. We make a yogurt out of it. Make a very, using very extended, prolonged fermentation, we have very high bacterial counts. We consume a half cup a day, it's delicious, by the way, and in 90% of people who've done this so far, preliminary, 30 people or so, they've normalized their SIBO as evidenced by normalization of hydrogen gas production by that air device. So I think we're on to something that could be very, very helpful, accessible to the everyday person. It's not a drug. It's just yogurt. The book is Super Gut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. If you'd like to get more information about Dr. Davis and his work, you can visit drdavisinfinitehealth.com. That's doctor with a D-R, drdavisinfinitehealth.com. Doctor, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? That we have to accept that virtually all modern people have done terrible harm to their microbiome. And it's time to take back control. And you know what? It's fun. It's inexpensive. And it yields extraordinary health effects. Dr. Davis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.